It's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. And Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. I was going to clean my room until I got high. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. My room is still messed up. And I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. 17-year-old kid. Because I got high. I was going to go to Oh, man. It's just, it's too easy, right? It's too easy. Oh, Too wow. easy but fun. It's great. Thank you. Man, what terrible timing for those guys. I don't know if this story was ever going to be good timing for them, but uh, they're three and four, just lost to South Carolina. This was uh, not the day that this needed to happen for old Jimbo. Ooh. Right. So uh, I heard you and Parker talking about it, and I've seen some articles around, and uh, I haven't seen – anyone like really verify what's gone on but you're telling me like the rumor is out there and it's strong and everyone like that's that's what happened right is uh locker room at the game huh? i think uh and, and if you want to you know you could feel however you want about out kicking clay travis that's fine I'm, I'm pretty i like i actually i saw it today that they had a story that like verified everything. I think they even listed the three players that were uh, allegedly wow. involved in this thing. So, oh yeah. So, what I find interesting about that is, you know, <laughs> that that game was in South Carolina, right? Yes. Yeah, and I think they that flew you're about with it. Y- yes, yes, yeah. And and what I said is. Uh, visiting locker rooms. I, I've never heard of a nice visiting locker room anywhere in college football. Like, they're all really yeah. small, and you're packed in there like sardines, and I'm sure that South Carolina is no different. Like, people use that as some sort of an advantage for the home team, right? Let's let's pack the visiting team in a crappy sure. little locker room. And the fact that they even tried that, allegedly in a bathroom stall in a locker room, is just wild. Wow. That's wild. Yeah, I, it's so wild that it's it's somewhat unbelievable, you know. That now I'm I'm not naive enough to to think that guys wouldn't do this or don't do this, and you know it's not something that happens. Uh, okay, I I'll believe that, but I at the in the visiting locker room in the stall, I. When you've got 150 people packed into, uh, you know, a thousand square foot area, that seems a bit far fetched, in my opinion. Like, there's got to be something different to the story. Like, maybe it was at the hotel before they got on the bus to go to the stadium, or I, I, I don't know. Not that it really matters. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the real mess of it is. There's two things. It makes it look like Jimbo is running a yep uh, a super super loose program where anything goes and guys are going to take advantage of that. But like the I think the biggest thing is like recruiting, right? 
if you're a parent of a senior in high school that's committed to Texas A&M and uh, you have to feel like to some degree that's the culture there right so and it might be I mean, you're, you're sending mean, your kid off to perception that. is reality sometimes right, that's right. so i yeah. mean yeah and i mean OU sitting there right now with you know all David Hicks being committed to A&M, I, I mean, you, you do have to sit and wonder today how some parents feel about this story now that it's kind of, you know, it, it's out there. And we, we've, seen, yeah. we've seen Jimbo Fisher have an impromptu press conference before to deny something that someone else said. I, I feel like that would have happened here if he would have commented if this wasn't true. Yeah. 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 Uh. Pretty wild. Now, I do have something I do, after listening to you and Parker on it for a little bit, I do need to comment on. But first, let me tell you what's going on today. I'm hanging out at Extreme Outdoor Equipment, I-44, Exit 108, Newcastle. You can't miss us right here on the west side of, of, uh, of Interstate 44. They've got tons of equipment outside, so you know exactly what you're looking at. They've got Bad Boy Zero Turn mowers. They've got the Branson tractors. The new Evolution electric golf carts, which are really, really cool. I was just outside checking some of those out. They've got some um, stock models, some that already have you know lift kits on them. Look really, really cool, all tricked out. Uh, good stuff. And now, this is their only location now. They used to have this Newcastle location and the Goldsby location. They've now consolidated here at the Newcastle area, and uh, they have a huge selection of the CF Moto ATVs, utility vehicles, and side-by-sides, in stock right now, ready to deliver. They've got three of the U-Force 1000XLs. That's what I have, and let me tell you, it's amazing. Absolutely love it. It's perfect. Um, they've got three of them here, and they've got some good deals going on some of those, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on that as the show rolls on. Now, I heard you guys talking about, like, Jimbo and – are they going to try and get him out of there, you know, the buyout situation? Correct. Here's the thing, though. I, it's fun to sit back and watch this and watch the whole thing kind of, you know, spiral and, and the pressures built up, especially after the offseason that Jimbo had where, right. yes. you know, it was his favorite part of the year, a lot of talking going on. But here's the thing. Like, we don't want Jimbo Fisher – to be fired from Texas A&M. No, I, no I, of course not. And that's why I, I, I think he's going to be back at A&M in 2023. And that's, but that's the funny thing about it is, you know, A&M fans probably for the first, I don't know if it's the first time, but it felt like the majority of them were starting to kick the tires of, ugh, is this the guy that right. we want long term? Well, they don't have a choice, dude. If your buyout's well, no. around $90 million, sorry, like, you, this, is what, this is what you paid for. You're in this thing, whether you like it or not. Well, here's the thing, you know, about that. That's true as long as he is as squeaky clean as he can be. Because let me tell you, if there's any dirt they have on him at all, anything, he has any violation, any any I's not dotted, T's not crossed, where they can get him for cause, they're going to do it. And that so, that's not beneath Texas uh, A&M. Like Auburn tried to uh, do it this past offseason, remember? Yeah. With the whole Brian Horst thing. They are, they are hunting that right now, and maybe they've already had it, and they're just sitting on it and have been sitting on it, but that's their only out here. But in the meantime, we want A&M to be bad, but 
not so bad to where everyone is throwing their hands up and ready to move on. You need like there has to be some signs of of like oh we're almost there. We're, gosh, we're we're close. That's where you want them. You want them to hang around in the close area forever. That's it. Well, eight and four. Yes. Nine and three, whatever. I think you're missing the most uh, important parts, at least for this show. Um, you know, we and we've talked about it before with Texas going from Tom Herman to Steve Sarkeesian. It was great when Tom Herman was uh, at the University of Texas. We constantly made fun of him. He made it so easy. Sark is making it difficult because he's not saying a whole lot of things that you know we can easily make fun of. Jimbo is the easy target right now in college football. And he's at a school yeah. and a program that OU fans really, really dislike. So just from that angle alone, yeah, I want Jimbo to stay at A&M at, like, through the length of that contract that he has. He's probably got yeah. like eight more years, no. seven, eight more years on it. That's it. That's it exactly. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the thing there. And, you know, we'll see what happens with them and what the real fallout from this situation is and, uh, if this really hurt, ends up hurting them in recruiting, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I, if you're getting a big NIL deal, you you will allow some things to happen that you otherwise wouldn't, you know, and and still show up, still take the money. So we'll see. I, mean, I, I know all of you, by the way, on the text line, don't know what's going on. Some of you are like, what what, what are they talking about? What's going on? So. Uh, multiple Texas A&M players have allegedly been suspended for smoking weed and getting high in the locker room right before the South Carolina loss on Saturday. That's what uh, mm. Outkick.com had a story on it. So Jimbo's contract is worth $95 million. His players are allegedly smoking it up before games. It's an interesting situation. Now, look, I, A&M isn't the only college football program to have players smoking weed before and after games. I mean, I'm sure that, right. you know, my high school didn't even have football, but I still heard about, you know, players from surrounding towns. Oh, yeah, that guy, yeah, he likes to get high before he plays in a high school football game. I'm sure you heard that about high school kids oh, around yeah. your area as well. So it's not necessarily anything new, but doing it in a road locker room, allegedly, that is a new that, – that, that's pretty bold. That, I mean, that's extremely bold. Yeah, yeah, that's – yes, it's very bold. Now, um, I, for one, could not imagine playing in a football game. Uh, that That's that's absurd to me. I I, I don't know. Maybe um, – Maybe Mike Stoops yelling at you uh, high would have tripped you out. It would have been pretty awesome. I don't know. Maybe I, – I don't know. What do you do? You just don't care as much, and you're able to play a little looser and freer? I had the flat, man. I had I the no flat. Idea. Come on, Mike. I had the flat. Yeah, yeah. I was there, man. I was there. It's all right, dude. We're going to be fine. Just relax, coach. We're good. Uh, yeah, that's wild. That's wild. It, it's I, – I guess it's not that wild. Well, the story kind of is a, a road locker room. I mean – can't you get a hold of some gummies or something that's, that's a little what more I discreet? Said. Yeah, everyone knows what the weed smell is, whether you've done it a million times or you've never done it before. Like you get one whiff of the smell, and everyone immediately knows. Oh yeah, that's weed. Oh yeah, that's weed. I mean, which which brings up the question: Are we using the um, or, 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 
I guess maybe the gummy situation in Texas isn't quite like it is here because they're not legalized medically down there. So maybe the market is not flooded with uh, edibles like it is here. Which, hey, man, that's a uh, that's a recruiting pitch, isn't it? Yeah, Come on. it is a recruiting pitch. <laughs> I asked you uh, yesterday, like, what's what's going to happen from kind of here on out with Texas? I don't think I ever asked you, like, what's going to eventually happen with Sark. We'll, we'll get to that later on in the show, I'm sure. But now that we've seen what it looks like now for, what, year five, I think it is, with Jimbo – how do you see this ending with Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M? Soon? Uh, way off into the distant future? Like, what's the crystal ball and what the rest of his tenure looks like? Well, I imagine a, um, a transfer portal just a tsunami of players at Texas A&M this year. Uh, young, veteran. Um, high-profile, backup. I imagine there's going to be a bunch, bunch of guys hitting the transfer portal. If this thing continues to, you know, fall apart, maybe it gets better. I, I would be – I mean, I, I don't think they're going to lose every game the rest of the way out, but we schedule's only, we not easy. We can hope that that's the case. Right. That's the hope anyway. I, I just – I imagine the transfer portal is going to uh, do a number on their uh, their roster – I don't know what's going to happen in recruiting. Like, I think the recruits are probably going to stay more firm than I'm sure a lot of people expect. You know, like I said, it's because of that the NIL stuff, man. You're promised a big old NIL deal. It's like you at least want to show up and gather that before, hundred um, percent. You know, before you bounce. But I, I guess I don't know. I'm not as versed in all that and how it all works, but. The way I think it's going to happen is he is uh, he's going to be there for a while. They owe him too much money. It's an incredible amount of money that they owe him. And I, I know that they're fine with throwing money down the drain there. But you're going to have to come up with 75, 80 million bucks or more to get out of that contract. I, I, to me, it's just a non-starter. Yeah. I- I'm pretty torn on what I want to happen here. It, like, I don't want A&M to have any success, but I'm kind of torn. Like, I, I want to be able to laugh at A&M for paying $80 million to- for a coach not to be a coach there anymore. But at the same time, I want someone to actually learn their lesson for once with these ridiculous contracts, you know? I, I want A&M, I right. think, to have to suffer through three or four more years of this where the uh, – uh, product on the field is below average like they have to suffer through this because of the ridiculous contract and the fake national championship trophy they gave this guy before he even coached the game yeah. i want it, i want someone to finally learn their lesson with this thing and i hope it's a well yeah maybe it will be i everyone is so desperate to get the right coach in and keep that coach that I don't think they will. I think this is going to continue to happen. And as long as the television dollars continue to roll in like they have, I think this is what we're, we're going to see. And my guess is it gets worse before it gets better. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's wild. And this is why, I mean, the lesson to be learned here is just 
like there's no reason to draw as much attention to yourself as as Jimbo Fisher did throughout the offseason, right? You're going to get the ire of your own fans whenever you don't perform well. But as soon as you go out and start running your mouth off about what did and didn't happen and how things worked and, you know, try and make everyone believe that what they see happening right in front of them is not actually taking place, like that's that's a bold move. Yeah. We will. And, and people are just waiting. They're piled in, ready for things uh, to go bad for you so they can jump on. We will close out the segment with this, and we'll get to Bob Stoops coming up next segment. But A&M, it's just like Stephen A. said. Thank you, Stephen A. Perfectly said. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right, uh, quick timeout here. we got Coach Stoops coming up next, hanging out at Extreme Outdoor Equipment today, I-44X at 108 in Newcastle. They've consolidated everything, one location. Now you can't miss us on the west side of I-44 right here in Newcastle. CF Moto, they're loaded up on them. It's the fastest-growing brand in the power, store, uh, power sports industry, and they've got some good deals right now. Six months, no payment, six months, no interest, and two years of factory warranty on the Seaforce ATVs, and they've got a huge selection here at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Every th- uh, every Tuesday at 3.20, it's our favorite segment of the week. We get to talk to Coach Bob Stoops. He joins us now. Bob, good to talk to you once again this week. Uh, how was the Tyler, bye week without always, OU playing? It was okay, but you always butter me up a little too much. Teddy, he needs to back off on all that. <laughs> it honestly is favorite our favorite segment, segment of the week. Favorite, come on, I know better than that. <laughs> it's our favorite because Teddy gets to sit back and answer about, ask about two questions and just relax for 15 minutes. That's why it's the favorite. <laughs> That's right. Well, That's right. I, yeah, I missed, I missed watching the Sooners uh, this past weekend, uh, but watched a lot of other football and uh, – Great weekend. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing the Sooners against Iowa State here this weekend. It was a good weekend, and there was one thing kind of from this weekend that I did want to ask you. You know, the, the Oklahoma State-Texas State, Oklahoma State Texas game was uh, a really good football game, really entertaining. Oklahoma State hung in there, made some mistakes early, uh, just kept kept fighting and clawed their way back and scored the final 17 points in that game to win it. And in Texas is they're being labeled as, you know, they they can't hold on to leads. They're losing a lot of leads late in games, second half of games. And I wanted to get your opinion on that. Is, is that just you think whenever that happens to a team over and over, is that just kind of uh, how the cards fall a little bit, or is there something maybe? ingrained in in how you handle things to where your team down the stretch drops games like that is you know is there anything to make of that sure there is if it happens too much and and i think over the last couple years it has happened too much to them it seems like it has um i'm not there i don't know why but that's tyler what was that stat yesterday was it one and seven or something like that with leads 
Uh, well, he's like one in, in the fourth. S- he's he's uh, I think one in six in true road games since he's gotten there. But yeah, they they've blown a, oh, yeah. a lot of second half leads here recently. Yeah. Well, I, I'm yeah. Uh, again, I'm not there. I don't know, but I, that would be an issue if it was my locker room. That there's a reason, you know, uh, if it happens too often, and whatever it is, you know, I don't I don't know. I'm I, I'm not acting like I do know, being that I don't watch them close enough to to say why, but you can't ignore it. And, you know, whether it's conditioning, whether it's you get too conservative in the second half, I don't know. Uh, And guys got to be, you know, mentally and into it to to finish games. I mean, you know, Teddy will tell you, we talk to our team all the time about whatever it is, it's just halftime. We're just partway there. I mean, you know, they, these games go three and a half to four hours, and you better be into it for that whole time or you, you open yourself up to be beat. And there's a mental part to it, too. I think uh, a mental toughness as well as a physical toughness to last three and a half, four hours and, and make the plays down at the end of the game that really make the difference. Are you... I saw Teddy make one and Roy in the, at the <laughs> end of a last minute and a half of a game when we had to have it. I got another one for you. How about 19 years ago today? Uh, Mark Clayton has a 56-yard touchdown catch on a third and short at Colorado. How about that for an example? Oh, I remember that play. Yeah. And you know why I remember it? I uh, I didn't go punch safe late in the third quarter. And I know Gary Barnett over there. We're up two, maybe three scores. I'm like, he's not going away quietly into the night. And I go out with the punt return, and he ran a fake. And I was like, you are kidding me. <laughs> and I let, him, I let him back in the game. People wonder why I used to go punt safe, because people knew, you know, with us, you only get so many chances. And, and I'm like, he's at home. We're up a couple scores. That was it, two scores, I really believe. And he ran the – I put the punt return out there, and he ran it. I was so mad at myself. Made it a one-score game, and then there goes Mark. Yeah, I remember. Cut a short pass, went towards their sideline, broke it back. Yeah, you know, Mark, that was a great, great play. But, yeah, you got to make those plays. you got to make plays all the way through games when, you know, if you're not dominating. And we had we had our share of those, too, but, but not all of them. And our guys were good about that, knew, knew, how, to, knew how to finish games. Yeah, I think there's a, a little bit of, uh, I, and I've said this before, it's a skill and you develop it and there's a confidence level late that you know you're gonna, everyone's going to be locked in and focused to make those plays, which is going to have to happen this week. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's going on the road to Ames, Iowa, Iowa State. We know, you know, they're 0-4 in conference right now, but I, <laughs> at least I look at that and I'm like, that's not the team that we're going to play. We're going to play a really good football team that – plays excellent on defense they keep everything close and especially late you're going to have to have everything dialed in if you've got a lead um you know that defense is going to keep them in it you cannot give over free possessions or make mistakes out there or they'll take advantage of it you're you're exactly right every game they've played has been tight and close uh i've you know i played at the university of iowa so i played against iowa state my entire time my 10 years there 
and they never give up. They never quit. You're going to get their best every every Saturday. That's how they play. So you better be at your best if you're going to have a chance to beat them. And it doesn't matter what their record is. I know how that team is. I know how their, you know, their makeup. Um, you know, so they're gonna. They're, they'll, it'll be a tough game, believe me. And uh, our guys will need to be ready to play. And as you said, they're going to have to make plays down the stretch to, you know, to to get a good solid win on the road. And they got a rowdy fan base up there too, and they show up. Oh, they're they're they got a great program. Yeah, listen, like I said, I I was ten years at the University of Iowa and dealt with them all the time and their their fans love their team they're always going to be there it doesn't matter their record they will fill the stadium whatever it is 70,000 or 6570 and it'll you know and they'll be cheering them on and I, and I know their their team will play hard and play well did you ever hear anything up there in Ames um, since you you are an Iowa guy did they ever say anything to you <laughs> What do you mean, say anything to me? I don't know if they talked any trash to you or, or, or what before the game since you played at Iowa. Yeah, but I'm I'm not around them to talk any trash to me. I don't I don't subject myself to being in in the fan fan base and being around all of that. But uh, you should have anyway. made a pass oh, every now and then over there to the student section just to see what was going on, <laughs> seeing what they might say. That, that yeah, could have gone not, well. That would have been fun. I'm not. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm I just doing my job when I <laughs> the one I had and trying to win, trying to beat them one more time. That was the deal. I don't know how much uh, Iowa State you, you've been able to watch this year, but here's the thing: I uh, and it's no different than really any football game. You've got to be able to run it and you know kind of control the 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 action of the game and, and move the chains and put yourself in good positions with the running game. We've got a really good running game up around 220 yards a game rushing, but they've got the number one rush defense uh, in the conference, just right at a hundred yards a game that they're giving up really, really good. I see that as the main battle. Do you think that's kind of where this game's going to take place? Always is, um, you know, whoever can run the ball, the best control, the run game, all of that together is a big deal. I mean, that's that's always gives you the, gives you the uh, edge, you know, one way or the other. You still can make some big plays in the passing game and change that. But if someone, you know, is stronger on that, you know, running and stopping the run, usually is going to win the game. Uh, their D coordinator, John Haycock, I've known forever. Coached with my uncle, Bob, that I'm named after at Youngstown State with Jim Trestle for a wow. long time. John Haycock, great guy, great guy, uh, super D coordinator, and obviously you, everybody's watched them in the Big 12 here for I don't know how many years John's been there, but he does an incredible job, and uh, so that'll be a big deal. You know, can we knock them off the ball, block, make some holes, create some plays, and then that opens up passing. You know, when you can do that, and uh, and then defensively, can we? You know, same thing. Can we really control them, put them in predictable situations? That isn't just coach talk. That makes a difference in games. Yep, I agree. All right, Coach, it's good to hear from you, and uh, hopefully we bring home a win. Can't wait to talk to you about it next week. All right, guys, great to be with you. Boomer Sooner. See you, Bob. All right, Coach. All right, there we go. Yeah, Um I do think that running game, like the running game against their run D is going to be the real test. That's, I feel good about it, but 
I don't know. You have I, I question uh, it too. You have I question the, my own confidence. You have the nation's leader in yards per carry, Eric Gray, seven point one six. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just saw that today actually, and I, he's been uh, top five I think for a few weeks now, but number one overall in yards per carry says a lot about the way that he's that he's playing right now. It's interesting because you know even Iowa State's offense, to which I, I think the the kind of thought this week is well you know. They're not a great offense up and down, and that might be true, but Xavier Hutchinson, he's number one in the country in receptions per game with 9.6, just under 10. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like their offensive game plan is snap it to Hunter Deckers, find where Xavier Hutchinson is, and just throw it to that guy, especially down the field. Yep. I can't imagine nope, how I... winded that guy is after games because, you know, that's, that's 10 receptions a game if you want to round up. That's not how many overall targets he has, and he feels like a guy that they really want to stretch the field with. Um, he's he's covering a lot of ground in about a three three and a half hour span. Xavier Hutchinson, it's crazy. Yeah, well, they stretch the field with him, but they also throw the short stuff, um, which you know he's really difficult to tackle. Big old dude out there on the perimeter. You know, you, you block it up good, and, you know, you've got DBs out there trying to fight off of blocks and tackle a guy of that size can be incredibly difficult. He's he's their biggest weapon for sure. So, yeah, that's uh, – I don't know, man. I, I, I still disagree with the text line for the most part. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, but – I don't know. What do I know? It could be um, anything could happen out there, I guess. I, uh, my early week feel um, is like around 31-30, kind of the, the final score of this one. OU 31, yeah. Iowa State 30. I think it'll be that close. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out today at Extreme Outdoor Equipment, I-44 exit 108 in Newcastle. Can't miss us right on the west side of I-44. Consolidate everything to this uh, one location now. No longer at the Goldsby exit. So uh, come out and see us at uh, Newcastle. They got the Bad Boy Zero Turn, Mur- uh, Zero Turn Mowers, uh, Branson Tractors, and the Evolution Golf Carts, which are really, really cool. Uh, they've got tons of extras on them. Turn signals, headlights, taillights, windshield, uh, Demar- Department of Transportation, rated seat belts, backup camera, radio, Bluetooth um, functionality. Really, really cool. You've got to check these. Uh, Evolution electric vehicles out. Lithium-ion battery with a five-year warranty here at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Rush on the ref, Air Comfort Solutions text line. If you want to interact with the show, we'll get to your uh, text momentarily. 405-651-3439. But first... Britt Venables had his press conference today. He was asked about the status of one Billy Bowman. You tell me uh, what you take out of this comment here from BV on his availability. What do you think? 
doesn't sound promising. Does not sound promising at all, unfortunately. Yeah. Have you ever had an MCL sprain or? Not yet. Uh, not yet. I'm sure that day is coming, though, at some point. I had a, I had a grade two MCL, and which I, th- I don't know if I've told you this before. We were in a, a Saturday morning walkthrough before traveling in Detroit, and a practice squad uh, receiver, like, dove for a football and took out my knee in a walkthrough. Mm. <laughs> How long did it take for him to get cut after that? Oh, man. I'm, I'm telling you, it was not a good deal. Um, yeah, but anyways, when you've got, like, an MCL sprain – uh, it feels like the only real way to uh, to describe it is it feels like the lower portion of your leg is like like he said stable. It feels like it's gonna fall off. <laughs> it's weird, you know. It feels like whenever you're running, it, it wasn't a whole lot of pain involved. It just felt like 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 it's just. It's not reactive to what's happening. Um, so it's definitely a weird feeling and trying to gain some confidence because you feel like at any moment it's just going to give out on you. So it's definitely a weird sensation. So I don't know. I, you need him confident. Like He's a – for an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, you can get away with it a little bit more because you like you can brace up a little bit better and you're not so out in space against other athletes. So – it's tough uh, coming back from one of those, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm hopefully he's, he's still going to be back before the end of the season. Yeah, just, I, I hope so. Off of that, man. it doesn't sound like it's uh, like it's going to be this week. It's a it's good to hear that he's out there running and moving. It's a it's a bummer for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, I would feel much better about this defense uh, with him back there. I mean, he may be your best defensive player that you have, but two, like this is a big development year for him just like everybody else on the rest of the team right now I I did say that I think he might be your best defensive player but he's just a sophomore man and the development that he can have if he's healthy and out there on the field you could be talking about a real difference maker uh come year three and that's kind of what you're hoping for with this defense so I'm, I'm hoping that this injury doesn't last much longer because man he could really really, really benefit from playing time, practice, just the development that this type of year would give him. Because he could be a massive part of your defense moving forward, and I would expect him to. Yep. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. We need Bowman. Uh, We need him back, but we need him long term. We don't need him for a short span and get re-injured and have something uh, worse happen to him. So you got to be smart with it, and that's not always – uh, the fun thing to do. I'll make you optimistic. The uh, text line yeah, injury okay. report has chimed in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billy Bowman was at Meet the Sooners Saturday at Mathis Brothers, and he looked fine. I don't know what else we need to hear. He looked just fine at Mathis Brothers on Saturday. He looked fine sitting behind a table signing autographs? I think huh. he was probably well, in a lazy boy signing autographs, and he looked really comfortable. He should be good to go. Well, uh... I hope that's the case. I hope I hope he's fine and ready to go. Um, maybe Venables is just playing a little coy. Uh, but didn't sound like it. I'd like to believe that. No, I didn't. I didn't yeah. really get the feel from him that that was the case. 
Uh, Peyton says, when BV said he's still working on stability, that didn't instill much confidence. He's going to be an All-American safety next year. Need to get some more in-game reps. Oh, All-American safety next season. There's a take. I hope so. I hope so. I think he can be definitely an all-conference safety. Um, well, there's not much doubt for me in that. You know, he's, he's got – you know, he made a, a big jump from year one to year two, and some position uh, continuity helped that, I believe, and I think the system suits him well. Uh, you know, I, I sky's the limit for him. I, I think he's an excellent player physically, you know, He's not the biggest guy, but he makes up for it with explosiveness, quickness, and, and top-end speed. So he, he's not lacking any of that. Um, Billy Bowman's going to be a good player. Cam, so just got to be patient, make sure he's okay before you send him out there. Camo Sooner says, let's see if you picked up on this last night. Last night at the Rudy Show, Brent made a point to say that Iowa State players Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler were from Oklahoma. Was that a subtle shot at Riley for not recruiting the state kids that well? I don't know if it was a shot at Riley. I don't know if it was uh, I just making a point that there's really good in-state talent that we need to make sure we secure. And he talked about you know, he's, he's constantly telling his staff about, you know, local guys and, and trying to win those battles. He um, he mentioned that Oklahoma State had, like, 60 Oklahoma kids on their roster, and we have, like, 20. So I think that was a pounding the drum of wanting to recruit closer to home. Yeah, and I don't think very many people are going to fight him on that. He's never going to make an entire recruiting class on the state of in the state of Oklahoma but he'll get more players than maybe previously from the state. Nothing wrong with that. Now, There's a lot of four-star players uh, in this class in the state this year. Now, here's the thing, though. Is Brees Hall really from Oklahoma? Um, Brees Hall? I, no, I, don't, I didn't think Brees Hall was from Oklahoma, right? Oh, isn't that what he said? But he's, he went to, like, Wichita uh, in Kansas, so that's local enough, I guess. But um, – they had a back that was from Oklahoma. Yeah, it, but was, I... it was Mike Warren was from Lawton, and that okay. was about yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, seven, eight years ago. He had a really good freshman year at Iowa State and then kind of fell down the long? death chart. God. Yeah, I, that may not be exact. It's, it's around that time frame, I, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but he was, he was definitely making a statement about recruiting local, and maybe that had to do with the previous staff. I don't know. I think, I think he's still trying to convince his staff of uh, of recruiting local, is what I took from it. That's <laughs> quite an interesting. Okay, huh? Well, convince his staff that they need to recruit the state of Oklahoma better. Well, I hope they hear that message loud and clear. Hear it from yeah. the Rudy show last well, night. One more thing from last night that I found interesting and didn't realize until uh, he was on the air. Now, it doesn't sound like they ran into each other and they weren't on the show together, but when I saw Trevor Knight was doing the show the hour before Britt was there, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Huh, I wonder if that turned into anything. Doesn't sound like it did, but interesting no, I think, nonetheless. Uh, 
I think TK9 was long gone before uh, University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables showed up to Rudy's. Did you find that situation interesting like I did when I found that out last night that he was there? Yeah, whenever I whenever I flipped it on when I was on my way over there and was listening to the huddle uh, before, I was like, ah, okay, yeah, let's see what's going on here. But, yeah, no um, no missiles uh, flying, so I think we're good. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. Hanging out today at Extreme Outdoor Equipment, I-44, exit 108, in Newcastle, they've consolidated just at this location now, no longer at Goldsby. And uh, I got to tell you, I bought my side by side from these guys. I bought the U Force 1000 XL. It's amazing. Absolutely love it. It's been fantastic for me. And they've got three of these right here, right now, uh, ready to uh, to sell and deliver. Uh, they're fantastic. Qualify for six months, no interest in seven months until your first payment. Uh, you can buy CF Moto today, and your first payment isn't due until spring. So come see us here at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. 24-7 emergency repair. Again, that's CavensConstruction.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. Uh, people, a couple of people are asking, wait, didn't Iowa State have a big tight end from Oklahoma? Could be wrong. Y- yeah, that was Charlie yeah. Kohler, who was there for – what, four years? And felt like he had four big games against OU. I don't know if the numbers back that up. Did he win the Mackey Award? Sure felt like it. I don't feel like he did. Let me go back and make sure on that one, though. Yeah. Uh, stud player, he, got, he, he just ate us up whenever he was at Iowa State. And that's kind of what they're missing, you know. They've got Xavier Hutchinson, but they don't have – like the full complement of weapons like they did previously with Brees Hall, with Charlie Kohler, with Xavier Hutchinson, and with a, uh, a you know, it wasn't just Charlie Kohler. They had like three tight ends that yeah. were all really good players. So they're they're down in that aspect. But, you know, I, I do feel like they're just because of that developmental program and and, and the way they coach there, that those those type of players are going to show back up kind of in the next cycle. It's just going to be difficult for them to be like that year in, year out at Iowa State. Yeah, if you can slow down Xavier Hutchinson, I mean, they got a nice uh, number two receiver. I think he's had like 35 catches this year, but that's not – I mean, that guy's not necessarily going to beat you. And what, Jarrell Brock, he was banged up in the Texas game. Who knows what his status is. And outside of him, yep. they don't have very many players that have been all that great running the ball this year. So you're right, they're, li- they're, yep. they're limited offensively for sure. All right, quick timeout. Hour number one in the books here at Extreme Outdoor Equipment, I-44 exit 108 in Newcastle. Remember, CF Moto ATV, six months, no payments, no interest, and two years of factory warranty. they got a huge selection here.